There's three reasons why you shouldn't be a fan of Jordan Peterson. There's one man that the world needed right now, Jordan Peterson. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Returning to Eden, a field guide for the spiritual journey. Returning to Eden is a book by Heather Hamilton for people who resonate with aspects of Christianity but struggle with the coherence of its claims. After having a mystical experience that shattered her evangelical beliefs, Heather Hamilton found herself on the journey that every true spiritual seeker ultimately takes. The highest truths that set us free are hidden in places that most people are not looking. Returning to Eden re-examines the Bible stories of childhood and opens them up as symbolic maps into the inner world. Stories like Jonah and the Whale, the parting of the Red Sea, Noah's Ark, and the Virgin Birth are illuminated with penetrating depth and intellectual integrity. Faith is no longer a white-knuckled grip on implausible beliefs, but a relaxation into a deep inner knowing. You can purchase Returning to Eden by Heather Hamilton at Amazon.com or at ReturningToEden.com. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Ideas Digest podcast, where we, two optimistic, fun-loving Aussie blokes, explore the challenging ideas that divide us in order to open our mind. Now, some of these ideas, Matt, are outside of our echo chamber, and that's the interesting space. 100%. My name's Conrad. This is Matt. And special welcome, Matt, to the super friends of the show. These are the friends that went to itisdigest.org, signed up, supported the show. Matt, these are the super friends that get the show ad-free. They get bonus content each week and they warm us in our little hearts. And maybe pay for the electricity a little bit as well. <laughs> now, Matt, as we fear no idea and explore challenging controversial ideas, some, some videos do get demonetized because you're mm. talking controversial topics. And it does, sometimes when you're talking about certain topics, it garners a fair bit of tension, a fair bit of hate. But your support, if you believe more dialogue is the way and listening to your enemy and humanizing them is the path forward rather than division, fighting, disagreeing, yelling at each other. No, disagreeing is okay, but yelling at each other, mm. I think it's pointless. If that's for you, Maybe consider being a super friend, help support the show. Or alternatively, you could watch us go down the slippery slope of the algorithm <laughs> where we continue <laughs> worship AdSense. Yes. And uh, you we, know what that looks like, right? So we, we worship the God of the algorithm on Instagram where mm. I cut clips out of context, make them <laughs> clickbaity. People look at my podcast and then I lose a job. Yeah. And I wish I was joking, but friends of the show know that. It's true. <laughs> That's what happened. I, I, delved into, I delved into ideas that were controversial. People didn't take the time to listen and understand the nuance. Mm. Unlike you guys. Thank you. And I lost my job. So mm -hmm. your support feeds me, <laughs> feeds us. It's great. So thank you. Now, if you're a friend of the show, a podcasting friend of the show, you will probably notice that we like to talk to people of all manner on the idea spectrum. We've got the punter. I think that's us. You know, someone who just hears something and goes, I think this. Just having a go, having mm -hmm. a crack, that's us. And then you've got the pseudo-intellectual. The, we've all got that friend that listens to a podcast. We also shift into pseudo, let's, let's be honest. This is a, well, Who doesn't when you listen to a podcast? You're like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm such an expert on like macroeconomic theory of mm. Russia. According to Wikipedia, it's yeah. this. I did my research. Yeah, yeah. So we're all that too. So we slip into pseudo-intellectual. We like, I mean, we occupy us that space mm. quite a lot. But at least we're trying to be self-aware about it. Yes, this is... So hopefully you can be self-aware about it Yeah, well. yeah. We're, we give you permission to be punter, pseudo-intellectual, mm -hmm. or the rare, bona fide, certified academic. We have a few of those on the show. I've got a great academic coming you up. You mean people few... qualified to talk on a topic? Yes, that's what I mean. People with a piece of paper yes. and like 10 plus years of study in a specific field. Right. I'd call them like bona fide academics. So Interesting. we talked to a few of those as well. So we try and get the whole idea spectrum. Now on this idea spectrum, the punter, there's one idea and one person that embodies these ideas that really captures the imagination of the average punter and the pseudo-intellectual and the academics. And there's a lot of like... And the algorithm. And the algorithm. You name it, the God of the algorithm blesses this man. Mm -hmm. The man I'm talking about is Jordan B. The Peterson. man, the myth, and the legend. He, he is this interesting figure who 
seems to that Venn diagram seems to be like religion, mm. culture, politics, and he's smack bang in the middle, kind of circling all of those things. Mm. And I think that maybe that's captured why it's captured the God of the algorithm and blesses that and shows up on everyone's feeds, whether you love him or hate him. And you mm. and I were captivated by this and thought, why do people love him? Well, is he the hero that Gotham needs right now? Or is he the not? Villain. <laughs> oh, the villain, sure. I was going to say, is he not? <laughs> and so we wanted to understand True. why the love mm. and why the hate. Because what was curious, Conrad, was that the, the amount of love that in our community around this guy is immense. Well, do you know how, me, how, how much specifically? Because I did a poll. No. Have a guess. So I did a poll, Instagram friends of the show. They did it. Who loves Jordan Peterson? Who hates Jordan Peterson? Mm. What do you reckon? 60-40. Bang on. Boom. 60-40 people are fans of him. 40% are not fans. So let's hear what some of the friends of the show had to say about this topic. So what do I like about JP? I think that he's actually really humble. I like that he sort of submits himself to something higher. I genuinely think he wants the best for other people. What he spreads informed by an ideal rooted in truth rather than his own like deficient wants or needs. Okay. I like his matter of factness and directness and he's yeah. just kind of drawing attention to the fact that some of the simple and fundamental things that we can do to live a life that we're proud of and that mm. we enjoy. Sure. Yep. I sometimes really like Jordan Peterson and other times not so much. Okay. Ben Sitter. I think he has been pushed further to the right by all the hatred he gets from progressives. He does get that. Yeah. His views on the transgender issues. To box him into one side of the culture wars is a pity, but he is tending to go further in that direction. That's clearly that's a friend a, at the show. Yeah, like that's boxing really... into the culture war, well done. Yeah. And my main criticism, criticism is that I've observed your work for quite a few years and I've noticed the turn in which you've taken that seems to be a lot more critical and divisive. What do you have to that say? That wasn't to us. Okay, I thought that you did us. <laughs> that was too that was Jordan. Like, have we made this turn? <laughs> that was too Jordan Peterson. Okay, cool. You're like, yeah, yeah. I think the most concerning thing about Jordan Peterson is honestly his fan base. It's this community of young white men that all commiserate together and are also responsible for some of the most violent acts in history. Oh my God, maybe not history, but I think those people are capable of a lot and have proven that they're willing to do a lot of harm criticism there on his audience mm. which is which is heavily male so i don't know i mend the problem who knows i love jordan peterson because i truly believe his ultimate goal is to help human flourishing whether on an individual level or a societal level and he genuinely cares i think that sometimes that comes across through anger and frustration, but I genuinely think that he really cares about people and our well-being. So I'm a Christian, and although Jordan Peterson would not um, be fully classified as a Christian, I appreciate his conservative look on the world and him calling out basically wokeism. Mm, he, he does well with the Christian crowd, Peterson does, despite it's, not saying outright, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And I think that that fear point, um, particularly if you're a Christian, is that uh, will come from a Christian worldview. You would say that there is this onslaught or an avalanche of wokeism. That's and, what you, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. So yeah. what a, what voice do we have? Peterson, that's the voice you have. I really like Jordan Peterson because he's research based in what he does. He brings a unique twist to a lot of political and social issues because he's a clinical psychologist. And I think he's very good at articulating the conservative political view. I don't know if he's a political psychologist, but I think I get what mm. he was saying. He's a psychologist. Well, psychologist who can... Yeah. He speaks about politics. He speaks yeah. about politics. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I have appreciated that Jordan Peterson has got me onto some real good books. He's kind of introduced me to the Russian classic novels and other stuff. Peterson's so fantastic at articulating the what of lots of different aspects of life. I believe that he is a modern day philosopher and that's why people hate him because they can't box him in. All right, yeah, sure, people yeah. try and box everything, I guess. Mm. Yeah, he's either good or evil, definitely. I would view him as bringing a lot of back from the left swing of the last maybe five or 10 years. Common, very common. I appreciate Jordan Peterson because he seems to approach this incredibly volatile culture we find ourselves in with clarity and a genuine desire to see what is objectively true. 
I'm neither inspired nor offended by anything I've heard him speak. Fence sitter. Yeah. Respect. I am not a huge fan of Jordan Peterson because he ventures outside of his field of expertise quite a lot. So he's an expert in psychology, but he's not an expert in biology. So I don't think he should be talking about hormones with transgender kids. And he's not an expert in in sociology. Relevant. So I don't think he should be venturing out into those fields as well and making out as though he's an expert in those. Quite a well-articulated mm. criticism. <laughs> and a huge button that is is a massive thing today. So yeah, it's yeah, a great point. Yep. I love Jordan Peterson and I see him as a genius, yet still extremely humble, kind soul, empathetic and caring, very transparent. He also seems to be very courageous to me. I see it as very brave and that's why I love Jordan Peterson. And it's also why I love Ida's Digest. Oh, oh. wait a second. Oh, I mean, I just slipped that She's in She's a genius. She must be right. She must. I agree with her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so Jordan Peterson is toxic masculinity personified, almost like he's Andrew Tate's forefather. Whoa. I think Jordan Peterson's views tend to be very reductionistic, and he's built up a platform that proliferates pretty archaic patriarchal ideas and he doesn't seem open to new perspectives. Okay, some very contrasting. Yeah. Some people saying he's super helpful, uh, super humble. Another side, he's not open. Yeah, man, that, that was well, that was some crafty words. Yeah, uh, yeah. Archaic. Archaic, archaic yeah. Oh, yeah. Buzzwords, yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. topical buzzwords right now. I find him abrasive. I find him dismissive of anyone who doesn't believe as he does. And I find that he perpetuates... Uh, this narrative that those of us who are more liberal, who want the world to be a kinder and a safer space for all people, because he's threatened by that, he is actually quite obnoxious in expressing uh, those views. So I know Jordan Peterson's divisive, but um, his ideas that are labelled conservative, like, for example, um, starting in your own backyard before you try and change the world, if every single person implemented the ideas that he has the world would be a better place. I didn't know which way wow. that would go. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. she was criticising. Like, no, positive. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Go. that's good. Jordan Peterson's right-wing ideologies are dangerous because they isolate minority groups like the LGBTQI community. He will mm, misgender people. He has even gone so far to spread Nazi ideologies and he's dangerous and his followers, therefore, can be dangerous. That was a good one to end on. So we got a spectrum. Wow. We, I, I, fear if, I feel if we went like, could you just imagine like an Ideas Digest? We went on a tour. We were like, let's go on a tour of Europe. And then we're like, we'd get everyone on the bus. Yeah. Do you think there are going to be fights or people like getting along? Or I know. Well, I mean, that's the magic. The body. left and the right would literally be in the left and right of the coach. <laughs> we'd have to separate them. <laughs> just the barrier. Yeah, yeah. No, we wouldn't. And we'd walk down the middle. <laughs> all right, listen. Yeah, all right, we're all in the we're, middle. We're in the middle, and you, we talk over the top, pretending yes. we're in the middle. We hear your points. Yeah, both sides have come on. Points. <laughs> They're all friends of the show. Mm. So you know what? Amongst all, these are the enlightened friends of the show that would have respectful conversations yeah. and seek to understand. Hey, what? Which ideology would you say was Nazi ideology? And then mm. I'm sure there would be a riveting conversation to be had. Maybe we should get an Ideas Digest tour bus and hit the streets of. Melbourne to, to, to get people on and drive them around. We'd, we'd have to hire a tour company that just had no idea what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> just like, okay, here we are at uh, Melbourne. <laughs> Got, um, and, and this is Flinders. Lefty, righty, Nazi, Patriarchy, stop the bus. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. That, that's an idea. I so, was there. Maybe you guys weren't there, but I was there. <laughs> so we've got, the, we've got quite the spectrum of ideas. And, and you and I, Matt, we do have to be careful. Because if we are perceived by probably non-friends of the show, but people mm. to come down to critical of Peterson or to loving of Peterson, the, the algorithm gods will put things out of context, put it to people, and we could get a lot of hate by stepping our foot mm. into this. But we also want the views. So, hey, even a thumbs down is engagement. Thank you. Mm. Thumb up, though, would be even better. So with that in mind... Caution, we fear no idea here on Ideas Digest, so do you. Let us go into the, between the two warring sides of the culture war, that is Jordan Peterson, we are walking down, copping bullets from both sides to try and understand why do people love Peterson 
Why do people hate Peterson? Now, to do this, we have invented a new game. And it's a game that I'm pretty sure I'm better than you at, but we shall see. We shall see. No spoilers, Conrad. The game is, hey, give me 10 minutes to change your mind. Mm. This is where we contact a friend of the show and we ask for 10 minutes to change their mind. The person who changed someone's mind the most wins. We flip a coin to decide who gets what. Now, in full disclosure, because of Matt's timetable, we did a switcheroo (laughs) because I was trying to line up friends of the show. Matt was unavailable. Secretly, Conrad wanted... (laughs) A certain side of the story. Hey, I'm 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 in the middle. I've I'm not I'm not biased at all. I got no bias. <laughs> so, Matt, let me introduce you or reintroduce you to good friend of the show, Rich L F G Jackson from Common Ground Conversations, the mm. Aussie YouTuber. I got the vibe in my heart when I was talking to him last week that this guy loves Peterson. So mm. I thought I'm gonna line him up. He's gonna be a great friend of the show to talk to. This guy like is a is a guy that's like you'd say he's a case study of someone that has their life turned around for the better because of peterson uh, i would say Which so. some of the friends of the show were writing in saying like he's literally made me read this I've, yeah. he's opened my mind you would say he's like a maybe a poster child of that yeah i think my judgment's going in because i got those vibes i spoke to him a bit he mentioned in our episode peterson so i'm like obviously the guy likes him i would have ballparked him at an 80 percent fan 100% is like you pray to the person, you worship them. It's like a religious icon. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but that would be 100%. 0% the person would be the devil. Like the worst per- the worst person you can possibly think of, mm. that's 0%. Nazi. Yeah, like Nazi, 0%. Mm. Um, so then you give a percentage on how much of a fan you are. So I would have pegged him around 80%. And my judgment's going in, having spoken to him before, I was like, all right, this guy, he is like an alpha kind of gym guys like he hits the gym he looks good he drives nice looking cars i'm like mm. he's kind of alpha kind of aussie bloke uh so i was and from our interview with him last week he sees a really a guy that's you know really uh, a lot of self-development lot, very self-aware in the terms of like he's like his, his trajectory in life and what he's wanted and what he's getting yeah. um so goal inspiring setup. like that i like yep. that goal setup a guy that doesn't need a social safety net you see where I'm going with this? Well, no, my judgment was <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure he's politically right-leaning. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was your judging the yeah, same yeah, as yeah. me there. So, yeah, I think politically right-leading. And I feel like when you asked last week, what does he mean by truth? Mm. I think it, I get the sense of like, he's like logic, like mm. logic reason. Yes. So they were my assumptions going in. Now, my strategy, we'll talk strategy here because there's lots of different ways to try and convince people. I want to beat you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit him with logic facts and mm. data i'm Truth. gonna i'm gonna try and get as empirical as i possibly can in this land of subjectivity of like do you like peterson mm. or not so i was going okay i'm really going to appeal to logic sure i'm going f- i went for like a debate style here are my three points hear me out this 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 i tried to really like use logic as my structure for mapping out the argument now i wasn't going for a full conversion mm. right i wasn't going like so you went to be like hey mate like out of this is like there's like tears he comes up for an altar call and yeah. he's like I, you know i pledge to give my life to taking this man down so no, that's he right. just turns i wasn't expecting that just like two-faced or something i was going so there's a risk i was going for like marginal gains mm. okay he was i was pegging him around 80 percent. i just want to ship him like five or ten to just go okay you really like this guy maybe you shouldn't like him in a few areas here's how it went I want you to put a number in your head. If I say, how much are you a fan of Jordan Peterson? I would, I would place it somewhere between 95 and maybe 98%. 95 to 98. So almost praying yeah. to the guy. Yeah, I, I, I struggled to find faults. Oh, in, excellent. In, okay. Yeah, in his attitude. Okay. or there are, some, there are maybe some small things that I would do differently or disagree with, but okay. very... Yeah, very minor very if it's small. if it's 95 yeah. to 98 percent yeah we'll go 95 go 95 we'll go 95. okay we're at 95 i've got three points i'm going to start the clock everybody listening send through your percentages how much you're a fan of jordan peterson give me 10 minutes to change your mind and you know call your own fouls rich there's three reasons why you shouldn't be a fan of jordan peterson number one is you can't trust him I can't trust him. Now, let me be specific and feel free to like ask questions and for clarification, but that's, that's all I'll let you do is kind of like clarify with questions, okay? So the biggest one is that I've noticed he consistently misrepresents himself almost where it seems like he's lying. And I've got a few examples of this. Um, 
overall, can you give me those examples or that comes yes, later? Yes, I'm giving you these examples, yes. Okay. So overall, he doesn't speak like an academic. If you have an academic friend, he, I have a friend who's an academic. If I ask his opinion outside anything, his field of study, he says, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's complicated. Oh, I don't want to comment on it. That's how academics talk outside their field of expertise. Peterson speaks as confidently in his field of psychology as outside of it. And I think that's a problem. And here's now to why I think he misrepresents himself. Some examples. He has, I've seen some video clips where he has misrepresented himself and said he has, and he explicitly said, I am an evolutionary biologist. He isn't. People Google it, fact check it. He isn't, but he said he was. That's a, that's a bit of a strike for me. He's also said um, that he's a neuroscientist. He isn't a neuroscientist, but why would he say that? So now I'm getting confused here. And he said things like he served on the subcommittee for sustainable development for the UN Secretary General. And I feel like he's misrepresented himself because in actual fact, when you look it up and Google it, he has he served underneath somebody who was on that board and he was one of a team of advisors. Seems like I'm nitpicking here, but my point is... He says be precise in his speech. That's the Jordan Peterson's number mm. one thing. Mm. And he's, he's being, it's like me claiming to you, Rich, like I'm a scientist. And then you discover I've never studied science at uni. So, I'm, I'm, that's, so th- this kind of is building the picture of like I can't trust the guy because if he's – I would never claim to be something I'm not and I haven't studied. So why have I found these clips of him saying he's a neuroscientist and he just isn't? And mm. the last one... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got a question? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, okay, if I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt and let's say that you've got yes. these clips if and you, true, could link them, yes. you could link them to everyone, yep. um, could it be possible that he may have misspoke? So, for example, maybe he said that he's a neuroscientist when perhaps he meant that he's a, I don't know, a neuropsychologist of, or something of the sort. Because I know that he's... Yeah. He's, or I, I guess I would also ask, um, does... Maybe he's not a... Uh, professionally qualified neuroscientist, but he might be a neuroscientist in the sense that he's read the neuroscientific literature. Yeah. See, okay. I would, I would give you that slip up. I would give a, a, a punter like me, a punter like you, I'd give us that slip up. But for an academic, that's a massive slip up because mm. academics know what they're qualified in, what they're researched in, what their piece of paper gives them weight for. And that's a, I think it's a serious slight for, for an academic who's studied in this field, who's a professional, who's super smart, to misrepresent themselves. So, Do you, do you have links to these clips? I, I'll, what I'll do for podcast listeners of the show, I'll link through the stuff I did my homework on and feel yep. free to go through and debunk and be like, this guy's full of crap. Sources, yeah, I want, I'll, 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 I'll send you all the links that I looked yep. at and yep. then maybe in our conversation we'll go into detail about is this reliable, is this yep. not, right? Okay, I did but my do best. You, do you, so yeah. uh, do you feel as though uh, you, just so I understand your position, you feel as though you can't trust him because you think he's made claims with regard to his authority or his expertise in particular fields and you feel like they're not backed up? Yes. He's a psychologist. It's like a doctor saying, I'm a dentist. Um, so if true, so we can all fact check these claims. I'm, I'm just mm. putting them to you. This is what I've found, right? And we can go through that stuff later. So the, the next one, so I'm like, I can't trust him. The second one is he's consistently wrong. So Peterson came to fame as people will probably know, rebelling against something called Bill C-16 in Canada. Now, as Aussies don't know, probably not because it's not our country, um, he claimed that this bill would compel speech. He said this bill would make it a criminal act for someone to not use the correct pronouns. Now, I'm a punter. I don't know this stuff. But the Canadian Bar Association, a collection of lawyers who are professional professionals in the law which Jordan Peterson isn't he's a professional in psychology they came out and said Peterson was wrong so now I'm in this position where I go to me an Aussie punter do I trust Peterson or do I trust like a thousand lawyers part of this association who this is their expertise so that's a bit of a question mark I'll just leave with you there and, and kind of keep can going. I just quickly comment on that I would just say yes. that the the bar association um, I would be curious as to how who who inputted to their conclusion because um, there are also associations who don't necessarily represent the beliefs of all of their participants or, or totally, members. Totally. And I also know that there were, there were lawyers who supported JP 
on his analysis of the situation. There's one of them, uh, there's actually a, a lawyer with him. I think if you look at the B, Bill C-16, when they're actually addressing it in Congress, I think it was, the famous video where he's speaking out against it in Parliament uh, in Canada, there is a lawyer by his side who's also echoing what he's saying. So um, there, are, there are certainly some lawyers in Canada who echoed the same concerns that JP concerned. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's like my point there is like, I've, I'm, I've got to believe someone. And am I going to believe this guy who's like maybe found a lawyer or am I going to believe this association? So I'm just building this pattern here. So we can go, for me, I'm like, Ugh, I'm, going to, I'm going to go with lawyers. I'm, going to, I'm personally going to trust like the experts in the field. And yeah, maybe we can get into how many lawyers on each side. But if the lawyers generally well, on average... Lawyers. Yeah, some yeah, if, lawyers, if, yeah, I would say if most lawyers say he's wrong, I personally would believe most lawyers because they're lawyers. He's not. That's, On the law. That's the picture. Yeah, okay. I see. I see where that's you're right. going. I see where you're going. So consistently has, wrong. Yeah, that's where you would. As in, is your. So he's wrong in that instance in your eyes because there are legal associations saying that JP's concerns with regard to Bill C sixteen aren't warranted. At the very right. least, he wouldn't be someone that I would turn to for expert advice on this topic. The minimum I would I would say to just just throw a little doubt, sprinkle some doubt in there on on his expertise yep. in these areas. So the next one is his famous lobster example, where he uses the lobster example to like hierarchies are ingrained in the human psyche and the human biology, and it's come from mil mil millions of years. So I found, um, and the one I'm quoting, and I'll put sources in there. So a PhD student of evolutionary development has just flat out said Peterson doesn't understand the science around lobsters and he's kind of misusing it a little bit. I'm very vague on that one because I couldn't be bothered going into exactly how and why because it gets beyond my head of like, I'm not a bloody biologist or an evolutionary development of biology kind of guy. So that's the next one where I'm like, he's built a lot of what he's saying on science. He's seeming like he doesn't fully understand. And the last one, because I don't want to... But hey, just quickly, I want to push back on that. So you've used, you've used one PhD student saying JP's wrong as evidence to say that JP is consistently wrong. So it, well, that's, hang on. It's not no, very no. compelling. No, no. I, I'm saying he's, he's, he's wrong enough to not, to that building the case, I can't trust him. So the first one is, I think he's wrong on the law stuff because lawyers disagree with him. I think he's wrong on how he's reading the science of biology because it's, these are stuff not in his field. And the mm. third one, um, which, fans of the left will love to bring up which is he is always weighing in on climate change saying we can't know models are wrong we like we shouldn't necessarily be changing our societal structures based on this stuff because because we just don't know and he's kind of poo-hooing the ipcc a lot the international something on climate change which is literally a panel of several hundred scientists that collect all of the literature on climate change and then like collate it and look at it all and then say what the findings are. And this isn't one scientist. There's like hundreds of scientists. So in, on this one, Peterson's saying, we can't know, there's not enough action to act. Like he's very vague exactly. He's not a full denier, but he's throwing a lot of doubt on it. And so once again, I'm in the position, who do I trust? Do I trust Peterson's take on climate change or do I trust... Oh, I, flip, I pause the timer and they keep going. Or do I trust several hundred climate scientists? Me personally, mm. I'm just going, Peterson's, for me, establishing a pattern that is saying he's consistently misreading science outside his area of expertise. So that puts a big question mark for me. I would probe for specifics there. So what exactly has Peterson on, said on climate change that is in opposition or contradicts what the IPCC has said? and backed up with data because I'm also familiar with the IPCC. I imagine JP's read the IPCC re reports. You'd hope. You'd hope yeah, if he yeah, weighs yeah. in so heavily. Um, so even, even without yep. getting into those details, the pattern I'm trying to build is here is a guy who's an academic who I'm saying should know better, is weighing in on stuff that isn't within his field of expertise and has experts in those areas saying you've got that wrong. But he's still speaking confidently about those areas. Okay, okay, okay. So what you would label as consistently wrong, I, I just wrote down here, he tests the conclusions of the so-called experts, right? And he comes to some conclusions where he might point out certain things or propose solutions 
that are different to the authorities that people tend to trust, right? So I, I don't think that's necessary. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily wrong or consistently wrong. I think he has said statements like when he speaks like about what? how lobsters work. Like what? Like I was saying, how, how lobsters and like their biology, friggin' I don't know. Like when he's yeah. talking about that, these people who are experts are saying he's misinterpreting. So I'm, what I'm saying is I'm but, trusting but, those experts. But there are also him. experts who've said that he's interpreting correctly. I guess you'd have to then go into the like... Experts. You'd have to do that. And so the climate change one, I think, is a clear one where his main position, and, and, and at least it, I'd be curious to see what people perceive it as, because it is vague and it isn't full on, but he does cast doubt on taking any action on climate change. He doesn't necessarily think that we should reshape how our global economies function around our energy infrastructure. Mm. He doesn't think we should do that because he's saying these models are wrong. And that, because I, I, this is what he was saying on Rogan, if that's the popular one where he's like, the climate's everything, these models are wrong, they can't be trusted. Uh, yeah, we I don't think just he was necessarily using... saying they're wrong. He's just saying that we, at least my understanding, because I think I've seen the, the Rogan podcast that you're talking about, he was saying, how are we supposed to, how, how are we supposed to trust these models uh, given the complexity of the climate? Now, yeah, but I, I would, you say I would still casting I would, doubt. Yeah, 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 but maybe that's reasonable doubt. Which maybe. is in disagreement with, Every climate expert in the IPCC that has like several hundred scientists are saying we know enough to take action in these specific areas. So anyway, that's yeah, that's that would be an, like, that. What had, so just to, to find common ground with you, I would want to. Uh, I think where we would both uh, find, we would both want to go digging more deeply with respect to what has JP claimed that is in direct opposition to the IPCC and their data. That would be interesting. Yes, and I'm, I'm drawing these general brushes that saying the IPCC yes, says we need to take emergency action right now and Peterson is explicitly saying I'm not convinced. Yes. And, and, and my point for all okay. of that, if I'm trying to convince people, is to say who do you trust? A guy who's kind of misrepresented himself a few times in these academic areas or the experts in these areas exactly. So, and my final one, my, I've definitely Go. gone over, Go. over no, time right. here. Yep. I've got... I've got two minutes on the clock because I've been pausing and starting it. Yeah, based I'm, on I'm trying not to interrupt too much. No, no, that's good. Clarification's good. Okay, my last one, and this is maybe to you, Rich. You're a middle-class guy. You look like a middle-class guy, right? You're not a billionaire unless, unless I've mischaracterized you wrong. Um, and so what I would say is he, Peterson becomes a, an apologist for the establishment billionaire class. So when he talks about politics, he strawmans what he'll call the radical left all the time. And he'll... Um, Can you give me an example where he strawmans the... Well, every, every, when he's talking about what the left wants to do, he paints this picture of this... Ra- and the words he explicitly uses are radical Marxist left. Like this... Neo-Marxist, yeah, yeah. Yeah, neo-Marxist, which is like if... As far as I understand these terms... No one in the Bernie Sanders political movement is a neo-Marxist. No one wants the, the state to have full private control and no private property, all of these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, but that's why he doesn't call them Marxists. That's why he calls them neo-Marxists. So instead of, instead of viewing society as uh, the, the, the bourgeoisie against the proletariat, the upper class versus the lower class and any of the goods and, and the wins of the upper class are a consequence of oppression of the lower class... Um, and interpreting everything through that lens and in doing so warranting the stripping of the goods from the upper class and redistribution to the people, which is Marxist, you can reframe it instead of going upper class, lower class as oppressor and oppressed. And then you apply that, that same framework to different areas. You can apply it to race, you can apply it to sex. So you, know, you might say there's, that there's whites above blacks or there's males above females or there's this you know, this against uh, above this, it's always oppressor and oppressed. And that same motif, um, viewing the world through that lens is, is what JP means as neo-Marxist and, and used as a, used as a, using that lens as a means or as a reason for stripping or taking away or redistributing, redistributing the wins and goods perhaps earned by whoever the so-called oppressor is. Yeah. 
I, that's, that's a great, great summary. So here's what I'll close out with. My pitch to Go. you, Rich. Yeah. I would say to you, Rich, you are not the billionaire class. And we're talk, I'm talking billionaire class. I'm talking Elon yeah. Musk. I'm talking yeah. Bill Gates. I'm talking more money than we could possibly even fathom. We're all for millionaires. I love a millionaire. Be a millionaire. That's great. But billions is like this next level of like literal royalty in our modern society. And what I would say, when Peterson says that, when he says... There's a problem with us saying that there is a class divide and critiquing society and saying there are some people who are higher than others in our society as we see it today. He is saying, don't critique that. That's a dangerous critique. Let's not critique the, the, the society in which we live. And I would say... Where critique, has he said this? Where has well, he said this? Well, that's, that's the message of what he's saying. He's saying, so when, if someone like Bernie Sanders says, we need to tax billionaires, Peterson... His message is that's theft from people who've earned their gains, their wins, if I'm putting your language around it, when you're like, these are the, these are the winnings and the gains and these They're people the are unfairly taking unfairly. Okay, yep. Yes. Yep. So yep. I, I think and Peterson would ask someone like Bernie, is why? Why should we tax yes. the billionaires more and what are the second, third, fourth order consequences of so? Here's, so here's what, I would, here's what I would say to that. I would say you pay more tax than Elon Musk. You, you currently do. You live in a society. You're, we're both like Australians. You get universal health care. And when Peterson kind of spends is, his time... Is that time, you saying that you believe I pay more tax than Elon Musk? I would, I would guess. If, well, I don't know if you're PYIG. If you have a normal, regular job, you pay more tax than Elon Musk on the you, regular. In, in what sense do I, does the regular person pay more tax than Elon Musk? Because a lot of these people pay zero tax. Well, what do you mean zero. by zero tax? Do you mean zero tax as personal income or do you mean zero tax in terms of company profits? Because if you think about... Both. Now, if you... Okay, so if... Let's say Elon paid himself a salary, which he probably does. He pays probably a small amount, so if, he, if even that. If you think about the revenue that he generates for his companies and then the amount of tax that those companies will pay their employees, just let's just look at the amount that they pay their employees and then... Yeah, the, but... Money that those employees then pay as tax. But that's not him paying tax. That's <clears> his employees paying tax. That's not him paying tax. But he's generating that tax revenue. So he even deserves to not pay tax. Indirect. So he, he gets billed, so he gets to pay no tax. Like you're a small bu- if you're a small business owner, you also have an employee. But that small business owner is paying tax, and their employees are paying tax. Everyone pays tax, but he doesn't. So I guess without getting into the weeds here, I would okay. say to you, when Peterson doesn't spend his time pushing for progress, pushing for change, pushing for, you're in America, universal healthcare, things that could benefit an average Joe, kind of, if I was in America, I'd be an average Joe that would benefit from a Medicare type system. When he says, these people are just attacking the rich and he defends the status quo, what he is doing is he is pretty much saying, like, when, when I look at where America is ranked on almost every metric, so if I pull up a, a random list here, I go, Corruption Perception Index, USA is 23, Australia is 18th. Global Prosperity Index, USA is 20, Australia is 16th, Canada's 15th, New Zealand's 8th. So it's losing to all of us there. The USA, World Press Freedom, 44th, so they don't have a good free press. Australia's 25th, Canada's 18th. Childhood Poverty, USA is 19th, Australia's 13th, Canada's 9th. Um, wealth Inequality, USA ranks worse again. So my point is, is America has a long way to go to improve on certain things. And Peterson's general sentiment, at least from what I get, maybe there's not other people, but his general sentiment to a lot of people is we don't need to progress. We don't need to invest in alleviating childhood poverty. Uh, don't we don't need so. to no, invest no, 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 no. in healthcare. I think that's, we don't that's need to do this sort of stuff. Him. I think that's mischaracterizing him. I would say if I were to try and push back on that and maybe we can find common ground here is I think Jordan is saying don't... Uh, don't naively tax the most productive members of society and in don't, doing so, disincentivize productivity because then nobody wins. So I guess my point is, while Jordan Peterson's saying that, which is potentially a debunked economic theory, but I don't really want to get into those weeds on, on economics. When he's saying that, he isn't saying, hey, he's always slamming Canada. Like Trudeau's, a, like he says some mm. hectic stuff about okay. Trudeau. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it's not my country. I don't really know specifically. But Canada consistently beats America on every mm. metric I can think of when it comes to people like you, prosperity for people like you and I. Your ability to move 
from the bottom class to the upper class is 13 times more likely in Canada than it is in, the, in America. And I guess my point is, while Peterson is critiquing all this stuff, what he's spending his time saying, the neo-Marxists, they're saying it's unfair, they're trying to tax people and all that sort of stuff, he isn't saying, hey, childhood, childhood poverty is unacceptably high in the States. Bankruptcy from healthcare in the United States is unacceptably high. Australia's beating us. New Zealand's beating us. Canada's beating us. I know he's Canadian, but he always speaks in the American sphere. Um, so I guess my point is, he's not spending his time really advocating for the things that would actually tangibly benefit you and me. And so to close my argument, which I've definitely gone over time, but we've gone back and forth a little bit, I would just say he's an apologist for people who you will never be. Billionaires are born, they're very rarely made. And he's kind of defending a status quo that doesn't benefit us. So that would be my pitch to you. I'd say you can't necessarily trust him. He's been wrong a few too many times for me to take his word on stuff outside his expertise. And I don't think he's on your side. That would be my pitch. Mm. Okay. Now, before we go back and forth a little bit, we could, we could probably do it for like five, ten minutes. I want have, have a little think. Friends of the show listening there. This is me trying to get my best arguments together. So I, I might not even believe this. I might no, be a closeted good, Jordan like Peterson it. fan. Have I shifted? So someone sent through earlier that was 65% a fan. Some other people sent through some other percentages on what, on what they are. Ha- Rich, you were 95%. Now, we can go back and forth and you can say, uh, fact check this, I'm curious about this, mm, fair about this. Did I land, did anything slip through to the keeper there? Did any idea make you go, oof, if true, that would rattle my percentages? That's what I want to know and then give me... Your number now after that mm. quick 12 to 13 minutes. Um, yeah. Do I trust him any less based on what you've said? Yeah. Uh, probably not. No. Did I shift you even yeah, hey, one because I'm, percentage because, yeah, point? I was going to say, because I'm agreeable, I'll give you 94%. I'd like to see those links. Out of a... Out of a... Okay. And if you would like to hear the rest of that conversation where Rich... Uh, expands on why I didn't convince him well enough, like point by point. Super friends will get that. But Matt, yeah, how's that? How's that high watermark of a one percent shift? I think you did really good. Like, I think, um, well, I think the conversation, the good thing about that conversation, it didn't go toxic. I think you and Rich handled that well. Like, okay, yeah. Um, there was like obviously questioning of sources. There yeah, was like totally. There was like, uh, no, what, what are you saying there? No, not not like, and then, and like. Getting clarity. I so like, like that. Yeah, that was good. So I guess someone listening to this that's going to <laughs> get into some form of argument or um, have some of a clash with an idea with someone, I think it's a well-modelled discussion. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. That's right. Uh, well, well, okay. How about we do the post-match breakdown mm. after I hear yours? Tell me, I guess, your judgments going in and then your gameplay, mm. your strategy. Um, straight away, I think super friend, I'm guessing with our demographic split, female. Mm-hmm. Potential, mm-hmm. potential female, and then I'm pre-guessing some of those issues. Okay, so the, okay, I was like, you know, s- scrambling around the internet. How do I approach this issue? But there came the rescue. Yeah. Super friend Paul. Yeah, super Who friend Paul. You? Paul, thank you. He came through. Um, he's a massive fan of Peterson. Yeah, and he gave me a, like a, a like an argument maybe that would appeal to the left. Okay, because so, I'm judging okay. this will be coming from uh, politically left, politically left, okay, religious left. You know, like they're well. Sp- you know, religious or not religious, do you think? I would say non-religious. Okay. Is okay. my assumption. Okay. So I'm guessing a lot a lot of those core issues mm-hmm. are going to be potential minefields okay. and I'm gonna have to avoid them. So I'm gonna take a completely different tactic. Okay, what's your tactic? I felt like with Rich, obviously he's a seasoned uh, discussion debater. Well yeah, I went in you with can, that. Like I was I was ready for a spa. I thought he'd respect me muscling up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So and, and Rich has like been in the game long enough to take some dodges and yeah, stuff. So yeah. With this, I wanted a completely different approach. Okay, what would you, so you go for? So I wanted just to get, like, I, I knew probably um, he or she would... Getting them to go anywhere is going to be basically impossible. Marginal like, we can't, gains? Like, uh, the assumption of this program is that we're not going to get anything, really. Like, yeah. I'm not You're not going mind. for the conversion experience? Yeah, no, no, no. Marginal no. gains? Same with you. 5% ballpark? I was going just for the micro yes, like the, like the smallest yes okay. I could get out of him or her. Okay. I think I thought I could leverage that. All right, cool. Let's take a listen. Jess, 
if I was to explain to you that there was probably one man that the world needed right now for a segment of society and that it could be Jordan Peterson, would you be open to that idea? And I said, I, I specifically said a segment of society. Okay, yeah. So basically, you know, I'm not coming in here to obviously convince you to love Jordan Peterson. He's obviously a very divisive figure and particularly the algorithm can, um, you know, really pick up on certain aspects of what he says, maybe misrepresent some. So I'm honestly coming in here as a Jordan Peterson agnostic, but I do see a segment of society that I think he does actually really serve. Um, and whether I would agree with that or whether you would agree with that, I don't think is fully real, like not 100% relevant, but there is a, you would say like that, that demographic, that subset. And I would say it's probably in that conservative, you know, these people like a conservative, maybe biblical worldview mindset that are still trying to grapple with science, with all the, you know, with like the perceived, you know, left-wing nature of media. Um, and these people that are looking for like a father figure, we know that father, like, you know, fatherlessness is huge in the world. It's a massive like indicator of people going into incarceration literally if they have a father or not. So if I was to say to you that potentially this man being a father figure to, you know, the people that are just looking for discipline in their life, they're actually just looking, you know, that, that Peter, that passion he has, he's just like, you know, make your bed, like do these things, like have some discipline in your life. And this is how, like, this is how to be a moral man, particularly moral man. Do you think that could have a positive impact or not? I think it could definitely have a positive impact. Like I've heard people say that, share their story that they that he came into their life at a pivotal moment and helped them um, go places they couldn't have gone without that kind of mentoring, I guess, by distance. Where I see a problem is not so much in that aspect of his work. Um, like he absolutely has education and experience in like psychology and um, like in the self-help and just general life experience field um but it's sort of like a flow on from that i see a lot of people who gain from his input there and then follow him on to the rest of his ideas and he sort of gains this like blind following and that's where i have a problem because it's like not everything he says um particularly when he gets more political um is grounded in the same sort of research and experience that his um his like self-help 12 rules for life stuff might be and so but yet because he takes that role of being like a, a father figure to so many people they're all in like he is their messiah he can do no wrong and I have a problem with that not only because of some of like the conclusions he comes to um but these people are not then using their critical thinking skills like um on his work at large and then also as they engage with the world through other people and other input like um yeah i don't see him playing that role as necessarily being 100 percent helpful and i think like they're very valid points and i think i guess the point that i'll be trying to make is that perhaps that is more potentially a reflection of algorithms like of you know how particularly how people can be so easily misrepresented or like have a perceived level of bias that maybe they don't fully, it's not fully taking consideration the entire conversation. Um, but I do agree with what you're saying. I think it's a great point. Um, but in the, in the instance that maybe I'd have to get you to accept potentially the, the idea that the algorithm has maybe misrepresented him slightly. And so if we can agree upon that, we can maybe say, okay, well, if the algorithm has misrepresented and some, and there, are, there would be some blind people that would be like, oh, this guy's crazy, or like they would just blindly jump into whatever he's saying, which, okay, we can then argue is maybe unhelpful. But the helpful thing, I'd say, you'd say Jordan Peterson at his best would be maybe that father figure to uh, many males that are lost, confused, um, you know, they're looking for some sense of morality, particularly like with the you would say, I think he, the Christian audience particularly, gets a lot out of his messaging. And these are people that are wrestling with like key like moral frameworks that seem to be under attack by the left-wing media or the left-wing political you know, um, aspect. And they feel isolated, lost, and how do you navigate this new world of science? I feel like Peterson 
is a able and intelligent voice to those people in that context. So I would say, I, I guess I'm, the, the key part I'm trying to say here is that I think he, that although you wouldn't agree with everything he says, neither would I, but potentially we could agree in the sense that within that segment and ignoring the algorithmic misrepresentation, within that segment, perhaps I think, you know, there's people that obviously get a lot out of him. I mean, like he's a best-selling author. People like, we have people in the Ideas Digest community that literally just, like they love him. They credit him with like, you know, turning their life around. They can literally go like before Peterson and after Peterson. And I know there's like so many times when he's just angry and annoying. Like when you're just going, what's like, why are you trying to say these things? Or why are you trying to step into a domain or an area which you don't have the apparent expertise in? Um, but maybe that's also the result of being such a public figure and getting dragged into conversations and the algorithm pulling things out that and obviously he, everyone loves to ask him anything now. So I guess that is probably one of the strongest things that I can see potentially is that, you know, how, how would these people that are far right, you know, maybe me and you would be not as far right as these people, but like these people that are quite far right, how, like they sort of need someone like bedrock or a foundation of someone to, I guess, be an oracle or a, a, an interpreter of this very confusing world. Um, yeah, does any of that hit home, do you think, or is it still not so convincing? You still think it's more damage than good, even in that context? Yeah, I would say it's still more damage than good. I think it's interesting that you make like a correlation between people who are more religious, uh, really like gelling with his message. I noticed that too. And I noticed that I feel like a lot of the framework that he uses, um, like corresponds with, with Christian ideals, I guess, or the way that the way, like a Christian worldview in that he might not be talking about, uh, absolute truth as determined by God or the Bible and an enemy as like, um, you know, the world or Satan or something like that. But he still speaks in very much those terms. We have the absolute truth of science, facts, data, uh, these things that can't be argued with. And then he creates an enemy. We have, you know, like radical leftists, um, this woke ideology that's taking over the world and being a threat to all of us. Um, and I understand that that would really resonate and capture um, people who are more right-wing or religious because he's speaking their language. Um, but I don't know that that's a good thing. I, I see a lot of like, like creating an enemy where he speaks very much of, in like a divide, a political divide, we're on this side, there's that other side, they're out to get us. And by framing that idea with like, he always goes back to like, this is science, this is how it is, you can't argue with that. Um, then he, I don't know, it sort of creates a situation where like, everything he says is true. And so then when he's speaking about um, our freedoms, and rights and everything being under attack all the time in then that becomes a really strong thing that people believe to be absolutely true and i i feel like that doesn't doesn't allow room for critical thinking and it doesn't allow room for empathy like there there are people on there's always individuals on both sides of a divide and i think once we lose sight of that then it's dangerous like you can say whatever you want it doesn't when you're not taking into account the individual how that's affecting the individual then you i don't know you sort of lose that sense of accountability you can say what you want sure and i, I think i think it's a good point i think the point you're making about um perhaps the the some the some good is not as good as matters pointing out in the sense that still there's damage there on that right side like there's still some bad thinking there's bad ideas and really we could do without it and i guess the um the counterpoint to it would potentially be uh would like who like who would serve these people then because we know like 
the far right, like I'm talking the really ultra far right, like um, for me at least and observing it, like there's still not many people that would be as educated, that would still have a scientific worldview as Peterson. Like for me, like still it goes very anti-science, maybe anti-feminist, like it's like particularly, I'm talking ultra-right stuff. So the people that are leaning on that far-right spectrum that would maybe have a, you would say a moral framework is how they see the world. They're like Republican conservative voters and that moral framework for them is like everything. Like for them, voting on moral issues is huge and what they're perceived, like I'm saying perception, um, and you would maybe agree that it's perception, that it's just completely under attack for them and that the, the left has totally taken back control. And of course, Ed Peterson at his worst would maybe create an, like a dichotomy in that sense. And it's like you're either on the right, like you're on my side or you're on the incorrect side. You're on the true side or, or science side or you're on the incorrect side. And it's almost like gaslighting that whole conversation. It doesn't, it's not helpful. But that's at his worst. I'm still saying at his best potentially still being a voice to those people, a guide, a navigator, because, you know, this, this divide's only getting worse. And I honestly look back out there and I say, well, yeah, he annoys the crap out of me at times as well. But I'm like, still, there's people, and I say still within this Ideas Digest community, people are really friendly, lovely, supporters of the show, really great thinkers. Think he's like, they credit so much to what he's done in his life. So I go, well, okay, let's separate these two out and say Peterson at his best, would potentially help some of these people deal with that, be that father figure um, in a very confusing world, particularly now, particularly not, not maybe not for you and I, but particularly for those with a strong moral framework. Maybe if we're like left-leaning and we have that more equity-based framework, they're going to be perhaps, we see him, we get irritated and whatever. But I'm saying the people with that moral-based framework where there's no one really else that I can really think of that can, there would be, but in, to the level of his public figure and acclaim and the podcast he gets on and blah, 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 blah. As someone that they could reinterpret the world with to some extent, and there would be some good things in there, you would have to say. And I guess that would be one of the final questions I would have you just have to, to think about or to ponder would be to the sense that if he is serving this, this segment of, of the market, like this, this aspect, then is it potential that... Yes, we disagree with him, or yes, he's frustrating at times, and yes, some of the things he says is, is outright bad, but still, net, the, that, that one, like, you know, that, that 5%, 10%, 20% from our perspective would still be, I think, of great help to people. Would you, is there any truth into that statement you think that I've said, or is it completely still, still a write-off? So would you saying the serving people on the more on the far right conservative side what do you mean by serving as in you mentioned like introducing science and that kind of thing earlier um so at first i thought you were saying people on the far far right then maybe by him introducing science and different things maybe it would sort of i, I don't know like temper them a little bit then they're only far right you know what i mean mm. um is that what you're saying or are you saying that he serves them in that position and their position doesn't change. I would say that the position, their position would shift potentially. Like even though from your perspective or maybe my perspective, looking out at the, that, that end of the spectrum, you would perceptibly say this is not helpful. But really what's actually happening is that, for example, these people would come from just basically the, the, the Bible is just like literally what it commands for women and for everything is literally what it is. But Peterson would bring like an aspect of like a new interpretation and a, a way of like understanding the hermeneutic of like the culture that would be helpful to those people to be like, oh, well, I haven't read it that way. I just always assumed you should just read it as what it says. And that for me then is a massive win for feminism in that, to, in that area. And I would say then who would then be who else would be out there that you can think of that could serve that community? But I'm out of time. So I suppose, did anything stand out and slip through to the keeper? I would say, like, something slipped through in that I hadn't stopped to think about, you know, like, um, who particularly is he serving, like, specifically that would be really helpful to them. However, I don't think my percentage has changed because I still don't know that that's ultimately helpful for those people. Okay, let's get this officially on the record. 
Is it a zero? Jess, Jess a zero. Your, Come on, a zero. Your final percentage. That's a competition of your final percentage. I mean, hey, she's already said, but and like you don't have to agree with him. It's your perception. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> if she comes in, and you were a thirty percent, weren't you, Jess? Yeah. Okay. Your final percentage after ten minutes of Matt trying to change your mind. What's your next percentage? Still thirty percent. Sorry. <laughs> This is good for me. What did you get? I'm not telling. I'll tell you when I... I should just be gloating. Zero percent. And as if you listen to the segment, I was actually there. I knew you got zero percent and I kept it to myself, not telling you. I got one... I thought one percent was not going to get me over mm. the line, but it did. To soften the victory, he did... Rich did say... Because I'm agreeable, I'll I give know. you 1%. And you know what? I'm bloody taking it to the back. Vin Diesel, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Fast I would like to say, though, there were some things I think were unfair. <laughs> okay, I'd like to call to the, the judges. Vi- I would appeal to the video referee okay, in this yeah, circumstance. Yeah. So and the video referee would do a rewind and see the, the volume of content was higher for you. Yeah. Could you just admit that? Yeah, like, I, I really tried to keep yeah, it yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And, be honest, and yours clearly didn't. This thing just went... In, in Conrad's defense, I got flustered pausing it and starting it when and you're like, it do- it he was matter. going and then I forgot to start it. So I definitely added like four minutes. <laughs> so I had 10. So there's more things I could have said, okay. but I didn't get to. But I still think Jess did a great job explaining herself and I just wanted just like one little bit. like, And that's why I really tried to, you know, Get as many, like get get some form of yes. Out of I her. saw like, you, and I was like, "This is Matt Potts at the Apple Store." Yeah, Getting yeah, yeah. A, trying. Are you open to changing your mind? Getting the the physical yes. Yes. I'm like, that's a marketing tactic. Yes. I was like, pretty good tactic. Just I the typical sales question of just like, "Would you like to pay for this now?" Like, you know, just like yes, yes, yes. yes. Like, Would you like Apple Care? Yes. Yes. And so, like, you get that studies have done this and marketing everything. You just get one small yes, you get many more yeses. I saw you, and I thought that was awesome. I was like, damn it. I just went in, like, debate. I was just like, I'm just going to try and muscle him, like, arm wrestle him down. But I thought your tactic was was very good. I I respect it. But it didn't work. It failed. (laughs) So I guess my tactic was better. (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) Rich sort of did make it about himself at the end, so I don't know. Well, I mean, I should, okay, I tried towards the end there and I don't think it worked. I was like, Rich, you're like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're the same. As if he's going to believe that. He's like, like, you're some lefty crazy. Thankfully on YouTube, there was a lot of like excellent Great. Jordan Peterson smackdowns that I, I will link my sources below mm-hmm. uh, because I went for the data approach and I'm happy for anyone to, I mean, fact check, I don't care. I was just, you know. Prove them wrong, prove them right. I was just going, okay, what are the people saying? So I did my homework the best. So Matt, tell me then, you kind of already told me what you thought worked. I mean, what, what did you think work about my approach? Build me up first. Build you up. Um, I think you came in well prepared for the fight and you had to be with Rich because Rich is just not like your average punter. Yeah, he was asking good yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, great oh, questions. Where was that exactly? And Rich like, is a seasoned debater. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he knows what he's doing. And so, um, you know, well-versed guy, like he's aware of the type of arguments against him, like yeah. because a lot of the arguments against Peterson would also be rallied against him, right? Oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I thought he handled it well, like he was able to... That's the problem. What? Because when I was critiquing Peterson, you saw it was attached to him. I'm lucky I got 1% realizing mm. in hindsight my folly... I shouldn't have connected it to him because if it's too personal, yeah. you're not going to shift someone as much. Damn no. it. Okay. Particularly a guy that's changed his life like that. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Mm. Okay. So then the critique of mine is what? Like what, yeah, what I didn't guess, work? I guess the hard part about the discussion is just like nailing down sources. Yeah, totally. And that's, yeah. that's why the super friends will hear me towards the end say, we kind of go back and forth a bit as I try and determine if it's true. Let's skip the whole fake news. That's fake. That's like... If it's true, does it change anything? And mm. Super Friends will hear, hear okay. that. So, yeah, it was, it does end up like that, doesn't it? It's like every. But that's not a criticism. I think it's just hard in 10 minutes to do that. Every. And it's more about fun, right? Like, we're trying to, like, this, this segment's I'll supposed see what to be works. fun. Yes, that's right. A lot of people are like, this isn't fun. <laughs> this isn't fun. <laughs> anyway, it's fun to us. Um, yes, yes. And correct. so, like, I think, yeah, I think you did, yeah, a great job at that. I think it was a, it was a good fight. Like, if I was to just call it as a blogger, as a, a you know, after yeah, the yeah. match, yep. I think. You were throwing some punches. Like, it's probably the most I've seen you really go in there. And I went in an hard, yeah. yeah. This is not Normally a Conrad not Artist Digest. Style thing. No. 
which was interesting. It'll be right. great to hear back from what you guys thought of that. But yeah. I thought Conrad threw some great punches. And Rich is good. Like, it was, have you seen that oh, thing of like leaving, Muhammad Dali where he just drops yeah. his guard and just yeah. dodging? <laughs> you like, thought he was just like slipping me? Yeah, he's just like, have a go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he did well. Um, okay. But I think as well, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was interesting to see uh, maybe why I think some of those punches, at least semi-glancing, yes, yeah. off off his jaw yes. a little bit of just like, totally. oh, wait a second, like, where did you get that from? Because yeah. it would have been really interesting if you actually sit in front of him and we go, this is what he said, how does that impact you now? Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. he gave a good response on how he would have interpreted it too. Sure. So people listening, whether you agree or disagree, I don't really care because it's not necessarily my opinion, but hopefully... Hopefully, I've at least been able to shed sure. some light on some of the arguments against and some of the arguments for. So, Matt, I think I've already complimented <laughs> you on... I really liked your approach on the empathetic. Mm. You called... Your judgments were correct going in with female because Jess had that perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. And your empathy was high. Your micro yeses were great. I think... Here's where I think you could have gone wrong. Hmm. And it's an easy, easy mistake to make, Chip. No, go for it. I need it. I need help, clearly. <laughs> and friends of the show, send through any tips. The We're thing gonna... of like, and the winner is Conrad. I'm like, screw this guy. <laughs> and so here's, here's what I think. I think you potentially, she was at 30%, hmm. right? Rich was at 97. Interesting. So technically, it should be easier for me to get someone down because it's so hard. It's, he's almost praying to the guy. Mm. Dear Jordan Peterson, bless me. Almost. Like that's 100%, right? Mm. So at 30%, you could have been making the arguments that already got her to 30%. True. So that's, that's where I think when you went for the safe option of marginal gains, you might have already hit in that 30% park and she gets to the end and goes, yeah, I kind of know that. Even mm. though I thought it was a good tactic to go, think about other people. Think mm. about this group that find them. Like, imagine, and then using the imagination, imagine if I change your mind and you could have gotten a number there. <laughs> so, I thought you did a good job, Matt. How'd it go? I think we both can do better. For and, sure. And so, send through your persuasion tips on how we can, different tactics we can try, and topics you'd like to see us flip a coin mm. and dish out so we each do our homework and we each come in ready to mm. fight a perspective that may or may not be what we think. Mm. But if you would like to hear what we think, and I'd like a video referee <laughs> because you went over time. So, okay. You can tell I'm a sore loser, right? <laughs> tell us what you think. Do you think Conrad deserves to win or do you think mm. Matt deserves to win? You can, you can weigh in on that. You can send me an email. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Considering how much we have like the percentage group of, I feel like this is like a, I think you know, you know the numbers and you know. <laughs> oh yeah, they're in my favor. <laughs> No, well, actually, no, 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 they're, no, they're in your favor. No, 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 they're, they're going to be most angry at me because it was oh, I, I had job. the opportunity. I was like, oh. I was there at the penalty spot to win the game, and you shanked it, and I shanked it. <laughs> Maybe they're going to like, but sack this guy. The sixty percent would be nodding me like, yeah, Matt, that's true. He is just saying, get your life good stuff. Whereas for me, they're like, I'm triggering. 60% of our audience yeah, with super, my arguments. Yeah, so you guys have to let us know. So let us know what you think. I'd like to hear your ideas on future topics that we should give, we should convert a friend mm. of the show to something we may or may not believe. If you would like to stick around and hear what, well, you can't stick around. If you'd like to hear what Matt and I really think, I'm going to ask Matt for a percentage on Peterson. I'm going to give a percentage on Peterson. But I'm only going to give it to the super friends because I like to leave this I just I just podcast space as objective as possible because we're in the middle. We're centrists, Matt. We're really we're reasonable, very down the middle. self-aware people. So if you believe talking to people you disagree with is really important mm. and you believe that we should humanize our enemy, not vilify them. We believe we can make this world a better place. We do. We never want to fall down the algorithmic slope and you guys are holding us back. The, the god of the algorithm entices us each week. Take it out of context, Conrad. Mm. Get an argument going. Vilify that person. Yeah. And I'm seduced. It's like the one ring when Frodo puts it on. I'm like drawn towards it. But the super friends, you hold us back. You keep us looking to what's important. Ideasdigest.org. Thanks for your support. Super friends. Matt, give me a percentage. Peterson fan, 